welcome to March to the Pod, currently the only podcast designed to exclusively talk about the Sam Houston Bearcats. Today's show, we, we got a big show. First leg today, we're going to have a recap of the CUSA Media Day and discuss that joke of a preseason poll, which is about the nicest thing I have to say about that, along with the all-conference team, which also seemed to be a bit of a joke, but I can excuse that second leg we got some inside information on a signee that's in the works for the football team and we'll finish by discussing the men's basketball roster and coaching staff that is on tap today i'm your host Corey hoke the non-fbs insider at dave campbell's texas football find me on twitter and facebook and instagram and wherever else you want to find me threads whatever we got these days at Corey hoke sports all one word a uh, last name is h-o-g-u-e and my first name does not have an e so you know I- i'm used to it by now but if you search for me you're not gonna find me I- i'm joined here by the creator and manager of sports of shsu on twitter and instagram and threads and probably every other platform the chief operating officer of cat fund and proud bearcat alum Ben Sorrells, how you doing, Ben? Man, happy to be here. We've got a, a full slate today, lots to talk about, so I'm I'm excited to get into it. Yeah, this is only our second episode. The first one was like the intro, but this one, we're starting to get into some meat and potatoes. It, just want to let everybody know we are a podcast on the Republic of Football Network. We are proud to be a part of the Dave Campbell's Texas Football and that Republic of Football Network. Please go find us download like subscribe any platform that you're on you can find our podcast there also follow us on various social media forms again we've got twitter facebook instagram threads you're going to find us at march to the pod it's all one word you can if you're watching the video it's right there and it's all one word on there. You can find us. We've got all those pages. We would love to have you not only come there, but interact with us. Let us know what you think, because this show is for you. And since we already pointed up to March to the pod, I want to give a shout out and a little hello to our uh, those watching us on the Dave Campbell's YouTube page. How you doing? Hey, you know, you, you see, we, you, you, you tell me you need our face and here we are right here. I got four years. I got three years. Ben, you got four. <laughs> yeah, I do. <laughs> I, love, I have part of my face missing because of the way the background does with my microphone. I think that's awesome. Yeah. We'll make it work. I don't know how it'll look, but we'll make it work. It, it, It'll make us it, look good. Right. Maybe, maybe the people watching this will turn off the video and just listen to us. Maybe that's what they want to do. Right. Faces for radio. That's how, isn't that the thing? No, oh, yeah. Look, my old mom ain't going to be watching this. I can tell you that. So if you're watching, <laughs> thank you. Cause my mother ain't right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. Hey, if you, we are a brand new podcast. This is only our second episode. Mm-hmm. If you would like to sponsor us, we would welcome you welcome you on board if you want to be a part of this as we go forward just email me cory.hogue at texasfootball.com and we'll get you hooked up and get going there Uh, and we have three legs we would appreciate a sponsorship for each of the three legs that we have and uh, if you want to know why we have three legs if you're not a sam houston uh, Bearcat fan, you don't really know what's going on. Go back and watch our first episode. It explains why we are marched to the pod and why we have uh, three legs. And speaking of that, Ben, the first leg, Conference USA Media Day football. 
football season is here, my man. Yep, absolutely. Uh, probably just wrapped up two or three hours ago. I know we're about to get into this preseason poll, kind of some comments from Coach Keeler from um, around the league. So I'm I'm excited to break it down, break down this poll, the all-conference teams, and just talk about all things Conference USA and Sam Houston football. Yeah, no, this is this is going to be fun. It's, it's good. And, and we got to start with this preseason poll. Mm. Ben? <laughs> I... <laughs> I get it, man. I get it. We're new. We're new to the FBS. We ain't the only daggum new team here, and you put us last? You put us behind FIU and Jacksonville State? Yeah. Man, I could even understand Jacksonville State, but you think Florida International is going to be the team beat Sam Houston this year? Come on, yeah. man. Yeah, team uh, FIU team. They they do return a good amount, but a team that really struggled with an FCS team uh, in Bryant. Um, Bryant's not a great FCS team. Uh, Florida International, a couple of years before that, I think they only had one or two wins each year. Um, no reason why we shouldn't beat them and why we can't beat them. Jacksonville State, the last time the two two teams played, obviously it's been a couple of years, but that was a thirty point win for Sam Houston. Um, so yeah, I think there's a little bit of disrespect. I know Casey Keeler; he's a great motivator. He's good to kind of use that as bulletin board material. He talked a little bit about that today. Um, so I'm excited to see kind of how he's going to spin that and use that this year. And also part of it, I think, is part of why I think Sam Houston got placed there is just maybe some laziness on the part of the voters, whoever they were. Um, I feel like half of the articles that I see on a preview about Sam Houston football don't even know that we redshirted 15 to 20 of our best players last year. And they see a five and four record and like, well, they went five and four in the whack last year. Yep. We'll, we'll just put them last. Um, and so I feel like we just kind of get slotted there just from a lack of research um, on a lot of people's parts. So I think this team's got a lot of things to prove. I know Keeler's going to use it as some bulletin board material. And um, I'm excited to, to kind of revisit this in a couple of months and see where we're at. Well, okay, man, you touched on a, a lot of things there. First off, Keeler using this for motivation. He has got to absolutely love the fact he was pig last. I don't, I would like to know if he's ever been pig last in his entire coaching career in a preseason poll. Yeah. Because I, normally he's top, right? And so normally he's the one going, ah, oh, these mean nothing, you know, whatever. No. Now he's like, wait a minute, you want me, you picked me last? He, yep. You think he's going to have any problem getting those guys fired up for workouts later this week? Yeah, absolutely not. And I feel like it's just the new wave of the soft Houston kind of meme and joke that followed the Cats for, I don't know, probably 10 years from 2011 up until they won the title in, in 2021. I kind of feel like this is the new the new wave of soft Houston. It's just something we got to embrace. And I know Keeler will. And like you said, being picked last, Keeler's never had a losing season at Sam Houston. Uh, the Cats have had 13 straight winning seasons. Obviously, this is a different level. But um, if you get picked last, you're probably winning one or two games the entire year i don't see that with this team and uh you're telling me man that this team won a national title in 2020 and, and you talked about lazy media not going all you gotta do is a darn google search and you'll find columns that i wrote last year talking about how this was just one of those things where you know what he's doing his strategy keeler's laid out his strategy one thing i love about about casey keeler he 
he always knows how to get to the narrative. He knows what he wants to say, and you will get it no matter what question you ask. And he started his press conference with that today. Just like, hey, guys, just a heads up. Uh, we're not going to be as bad as you think, basically. And he explained yeah. that whole process. And it, it just, you know, it. I'm ready because th- this is going to be this is going to be fun. And then I got to ask you, because before we go any further, I, I know before all this stuff came out, they had a Vegas has them. At, I've seen three and a half to four mm-hmm. wins. Right. And so yeah. when I was looking at the schedule, I looked at and I go, okay, I see three. I see a possible four. I think now I see a four and I wouldn't doubt, but a five, he, you give Keeler this much confidence, you know, this much motivation and he's got a talented roster. He's got plenty of the 85 scholarships are there at Sam Houston. Now I believe they're, they're yep. funding all they're right of them. there. Yeah. So, I mean, they're not your typical FCS team coming up to FBS. This team's coming up here to kick some ass. Yeah, absolutely. And I love talking about Keeler as kind of a strategist, uh, just being around the team a little bit over the past couple of years. Um, he's not always the kind of X's and O's guys. He's not going to just talk scheme for for half an hour with you. Um, he really delegates a lot to his assistants. And I know he trusts his assistants a lot, but he's going to come up with a strategy to put into plan. And he's going to come up with a way to motivate these guys. And I think that's what he's excelled at and what he's been really good at um, as a head coach. And that's what's made him so successful is he knows how to delegate to those guys and he can come up with a winning strategy and way to motivate his players. And it's worked for 30 plus years at the D3 level all the way up to the FBS level now, winning mo- multiple national championships. And I don't see any reason why it's going to stop. So I'm excited to see how it's going to be spun and what he's going to do this year. It was interesting to me in that press conference. He he shared a little bit of inside that you don't always you get from him sometimes. Um, and, and I really love the fact he's not afraid to tell you about feet. He's not afraid to talk about feelings. He mm-hmm. will talk about and when he talked about how he felt and how he he said in Bobby Williams' office was like we're really going to go up to FBS and and eventually he starts to see all he mentioned all the stadium renovations everything that's happening good around the program and stuff right now that's not happening if you're not going FBS and, and I I think that that is all he needed to have that buy-in to say, you know what, I might not play for a national title every year, but I'm going to be playing for a bowl game, and we're going to we're gonna do what we can for Sam Houston. Yeah, he's going to find something to compete for, that's for sure. And I know it killed him last year. It killed really the entire staff and all the players to have to sit out those many that many guys, the 15 to 20 guys that redshirted, and to have nothing to play for. And so it's been two years since we've had a season for something to play for. I mean, obviously – probably not a bowl game in the cards this year unless the dominoes kind of fall a certain way, but um, you got all your guys back. I know they're more motivated than ever. And um, I'm really excited to see what they're going to do. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. It is and a couple other things from his press conference before we move on. He, he mentioned that he, he gave a quote. This is Keegan's team. Uh, he, he mentioned Grant Gunnell come in there, brought in. He, he's there for multiple years. That's why he wanted him to come in. He didn't just want a one-year guy. And, and so that allows him to develop. And I got to tell you, from what I hear from other stops he's had, Gunnell has a lot of development to do. But but we were talking before the show, and you said talking to the staff, that does not mean Keegan's the starting quarterback. 
Yeah, and I think Keegan is the guy right now, but Gunnell, he has so much talent. We've seen him when he's at his best. He's a really good or a good power five quarterback. And so right now it's Keegan's team. And I think regardless of if he's the starter or not, he he is their guy. He's the leader of the group, and he's been the leader of the group all spring and this summer. Uh, but just because he's a leader doesn't mean he's the starter. Um, had a great spring, but Gunnell's going to come in and give him his best shot. And Gunnell's got some unbelievable talent. Uh, one of the all-time leading passers in Texas high school football history. We've seen him do it at the Power 5 level. So Keegan's going to be the, the leader of this team regardless. But I think Grant's going to come in and really push him. And I think whoever wins the competition is going to be the best guy. And another way to look at it is on some of uh, Keeler's Delaware teams, Ryan Cardi was a captain, but Joe Flacco was the starter. Even last year, Desmond Jackson at running back was a captain, but Zach Herbacek got the majority of the snaps at running back. So just because you're the captain and the leader doesn't always mean you're the starter. I think right now, Shoemaker, he's got the job, but there's no reason why Gunnell can't take it. And it's going to be a really interesting battle in the fall. Yeah, it is. I mean, I, I'm with you. I'm with you, Ben. It's going to be a fun one to watch and something we'll be keeping track on here. Hey, Ben, have you ever heard of that place called catfun.com? No, I, I haven't really? actually. No, I'm kidding. Hey, yes, man. I have. I've been there a time or two. <laughs> yeah. Hey, look, twice. it's a, it's, it's an, it's, I, I don't really know. I don't want to call it necessarily an NIL. It's kind of operating that way. Like it's either way. The money raised goes to the athletes, right? And, and this was made for the little donors for the, if you, from as low as $10. And if you have the means up to a thousand dollars a month, and, and even for just $10 a month, you get inside to exclusive content. And, and, and we're going to be talking about some of that content that's been out on catfans.com. If you sign up for a membership through cat fund, you get premium you get premium access over at cat fans and that premium access gets you things ahead of time. You're going to find breaking news out first. You're going to know what's going on with the team. And, and Ben, a couple of those things is uh, some recruiting news, which you, you, uh, you said is going to be coming out soon over on cat fans. Yeah. So yeah, I've just some stuff in the works. I've heard of a 2024 quarterback that is very high on Sam Houston, supposed to visit the program here pretty soon. So um, assuming that news goes live or breaks within the team, we'll have it first there on Cat Fund and uh, it'll go live probably the next day. Um, so that's just one of many things that you can find on there is recruiting intel um, before it goes live. I know we've been doing some position by, by position breakdowns um, that we've seen from uh, fall practice or from spring practices and stuff this summer. Some good info there. We've broken game contracts, got quotes from players and coaches on different things. So there's a ton on there when it comes to exclusive information. And I highly recommend signing up. It only costs $10 a month. Um, and that's as cheap as you're really going to get anywhere for this kind of inside access. So so, and um, it's important yeah, a lot to know going that on. that money goes to the to the athletes. Absolutely, hundred percent. Yeah, you have. Um, are you? You guys had uh, um, some things you could be announcing here soon too, as far as when it comes to some of that. Am I right? Yeah, not not exactly sure when this will go live. This is Tuesday the 25th, but Wednesday the 26th, we're officially signing some contracts with some football players. They'll be our first athletes, um, and that'll start here in the coming weeks. And so a lot of really exciting stuff. We launched, launched about six months ago, officially signing some guys, and all money from Cat Fund goes directly to the players um, as a part of NIL deals. And so none of that goes to us as board members or people that are help running Cat Fund. It goes strictly to those players, which is ultimately what we want to happen. 
Yeah, no, that's the reason for it. And, and you're doing it the right way. Hey, look, this should come out tomorrow. I have a feeling this will be out tomorrow. And so if you're listening to this, you're you you you're getting the news as it's breaking right here. There, these athletes are getting NIL deals, and it's because of Cat Fund, cat-fund.com. Go there. Ten dollars a month up to a thousand dollars a month. If you could do it. They would appreciate it, I'm sure. And speaking of some of that content, Ben, let's let's get into some of those position previews. We kind of mentioned the quarterbacks uh, during the first leg of the program. Here in the second leg, uh, I think, is there anything else you want to add about the quarterback competition or even the quarterback room in general? Yeah, I, like I said, it's an open competition between Shoemaker and Gunnell. I think they're the clear top two. Um, Xavier Word was brought in, and I know a lot, he had a lot of talk around him, and rightfully so. I mean, he's unbelievably talented, but not a lot of people know he's only 19. Um, he's had very limited reps at the QB position over the past couple of years. He played in California in high school. Their senior season got uh, canceled due to COVID, enrolled early at Washington State, had some injuries, had some guys ahead of him. So hasn't seen a lot of time the past couple of years, still super young he's a guy that could really make an impact in the years ahead and compete for the job um, and then lastly trapper panel he's another guy um, that has seen some time running the ball when he's come in at quarterback has thrown it a little bit team is looking to maybe use him at some other positions to try to get him the ball um, so that's on the quarterback side Keeler did mention go go ahead Oh, yeah. No, I was going to – you got anything else on the quarterback? Go ahead. Yeah, that that's it on the quarterback. And then um, I was going to bring up tight end a little bit. I know Keeler Yeah, I was going to get that. into that when we talk wide receivers and stuff here. But, yeah, he mentioned that. We can go ahead and do that now. He, he yeah. mentioned that's the main position of concern. And maybe he said these days – I remember he, he said these days you don't find tight ends anymore. They're – Right now is not a time to find. It's a special type of position, special athletic build that you're looking for to be a good tight end. And yep. there are just not many available right now. Yeah, and I think the team feels good about Jack Sherrard. Um, he transferred in from Davidson last year, played a couple games, showed some good stuff. But I think it's what's behind him um, that's a little uncertain. I know Thomas Jewett is there. Um, he came in from Strake Jesuit High School last season. Um and he showed some good stuff, but he's still young. He hasn't really played a lot. So I think it's what's behind Jax that could be a concern. If there's any two tight end sets, I think that's where some uncertainty might come in. Um, and obviously depth is always going to be an issue. First year transferring from F FCS up to FBS plays. So I think the concern at tight end isn't really Jax or the starter. I think it's how much depth is there behind it. And I yeah, think Thomas well, is really talented, and but he just hasn't played much. Injuries happen. It's a part of football. You've got to have that depth and, and it, no one knows that better than this coaching staff. And they, they have built some, but FBS depth is different than F FCS depth. So that's why towards the end of this season is when you could start to see a little bit of that kick in, depending on, on how things play out with injuries and stuff. Yeah, and I, I said I think I said it back in our first episode, but the two things this season hinges on are quarterback play and depth. How healthy can the team stay? And like I said earlier, too, I think bye week is week three. Um, so you got to play 10 games after your bye week, which is really tough, especially considering this is your tra or your transition year. So it's going to be interesting to see how that depth holds up. Yeah. Oh, it will. And, and so getting into other positions, we, you had a running back has been released and previewed out on the cat fans and the premium content there. And it, you know, you said it's going to be a strength and, and they 
they were pretty good in 2022, uh, and Keeler's known for having a great rushing attack. So you mentioned Herbacek. Who else is, is besides him? How does he look this year, and who else is behind him? Yeah, so Zach Herbacek is the clear number one, um, and he showed just some incredible incredible stuff once he kind of took over that lead back role towards the end of last season. And I know the team averaged almost 200 yards a game um, when he was the lead back, so I'm really excited about him. He looked great in spring camp. He's put on anywhere from 10 to 12 pounds, um, and he's just as fast as ever. He's got great quickness. He's really beefed up, um, so he looks really good. And then right behind him, I think the team made a really under-the-radar kind of pickup and a guy in John Gentry from Utah State um, had four or five hundred yards total at Utah State in the two seasons he played there, and he looked great in spring. Kind of a, a combination of power and speed can do a little bit of it all. Come out of the backfield and catch it too. So I think he's going to be really good. I know there was a, a spring practice I was at where they were scrimmaging, and he took it fifty yards to the house, broke a couple tackles at the line of scrimmage, and then outran a couple DBs. And so he's a guy that can kind of do it all. Um, and then I think after him, that the next guy would be Jordan Yates or maybe Charles Cross. Offered. Jordan Yates, obviously the starting quarterback last year, has made the transition to running back, and he's got all the tools to do it. Just not a ton of experience there. So how does he put it all together? I think if he can put it together, he's going to be really talented because he's got the ability to do it. And then Charles Crawford is another guy, too, who saw some snaps last year. I know he scored a touchdown against Tarleton, um, and he's been on the team a couple of years. So he knows the system. He knows the coaches, is familiar with everybody there. And he's a guy that's been dependable when he's been called upon. So I think the top two you feel really confident in, and it's just a matter of who grabs that third spot because you're going to need a third running back at some point. Well, yeah, because that's the one position that gets beat up the most, and that's why they're losing all their value in the NFL. But we don't discuss the NFL, Ben. <laughs> We're only talking Sam Yosef. Wide receiver group. That position, what you released that one, I believe that's the most recent one you released. Am I right? Yeah, I think that, yeah, yesterday morning, I think, is when that came out. Yeah, and that, that was, I was looking at that one, and it's a very, very interesting room. And I was listening to Keeler talk about it today. I, this may be one of the best receiver rooms that this team has had in in the last few years. I mean, I think it definitely rivals what they had in 2020 during the national title season. Yeah, and I think even kind of the 16, 17, 18 area with Davion Davis and Nathan Stewart, that group was really special. And then the 2020, 21 group with Jaquez Ezard and Ife Adeyi, that was in Cody Crest, that was a really special group. But man, the depth and kind of the unique ability of different guys in this group is really special. And so obviously Ife Adeyi is going to be the bell cow. He's he's the guy. He's done it. He's proven it. Um, he looks really good in camp um, from what I saw in the spring. And so he's going to be your leader. And obviously that top end speed is going to be something that's going to be a really big thing they're going to try to take advantage of. Yeah, I want to give a couple of names here. The, yep. the you know, Ife Adeye, Noah Smith from running back. We we know those guys, Ben. We know mm-hmm. them. But we need some guys we don't yep. know. Um, and there's a couple of those, if, yeah. including, I believe, Quavez. That's how you say his first name? Yep, yep. Quavez Humphreys. He comes from Butler Community College, one of the top JUCOs in the country every year leading them in receiving yards until he had an injury cutting his season short. And, and now he's at Sam Houston, six foot three. That's great. Hey, that plays. But don't also count out Quintavious Workman. <laughs> Workman comes in six foot 
six. He was also a Juco guy last year. He he's a guy that can give you matchup problems on the outside. And Ben, I have a feeling the offensive staff is just dreaming up plays every night in the red zone to get that man, the ball in the corner. Yeah, and they were in the spring. We saw a couple of little fades up there. And I mean, you're not going to find many DBs that can compete with 6'6". And he's a long 6'6", a strong 6'6". And um, yeah, Quavez, I think he... So there were a lot of skill guys that were kind of limited in spring, um, like your Ife Day, Zach Herbacek. Um, Noah Smith was dealing with an injury. So Quavez was really the guy that was probably the most impressive player, maybe on both sides of the ball. Um, he underwent another foot operation um, towards the end of spring, but he'll be ready to go in the fall. But 6'3", I think I saw he ran a 4.3940 when he was at Butler. Um, so he's going to be really impressive. Some people compare his game to kind of what Jaquez Ezard was able to do. Obviously, Quintavious is 6'6". And then the last Juco guy is Malik Phillips. Um, and he's a guy that can kind of do it all. He uh, played at New Mexico Military Institute. They won a Juco national title a few years ago. And then he was top 10 in uh, Juco and receiving yards last year. And so when you bring in Noah Smith and Ife Dei, and then you bring in those three Juco guys that have some experience and some really good size, I mean, just with those five right there, I mean, that's a pretty good room. And then there's some other guys I'm sure we'll get into here in a second. You you talk about, you, you talk about Keeler and you talk about moving up to FBS. We, there's one area when I talk to him, that he found and may have been a little bit overlooked at times. And that is the Juco ranks, man. They're not Mm -hmm. getting the love that they had been getting. And Keeler said, Keeler told me months ago, they are fine. They have found some tremendous talent at the Juco ranks. And I think wide receiver is one of those positions that's, that they went out and were really able to grab a few dynamic guys to put in there and team with what they already had was a solid room. Yeah, absolutely. And I think as a school like Sam Houston, obviously you're not going to win recruiting battles against Texas and A&M, and you're not going to compete for portal guys like that most of the time. So you got to find those diamonds in the rough. And especially at the wide receiver group this year, I think you found three huge diamonds in the rough. I mean, Quavez, I think, could even possibly be they, he could be the number one this year. Uh, Quintavious, you're not gonna, you can't teach six six. He's gonna, he's gonna find his way on the field. And Malik has proven he's a winner and can get it done. So, I mean, they found three dudes at the JUCO level. That's for sure. That that's awesome. Excited to see them keep going. And Ben, we're gonna move on into the third leg. Before we do, if you would like to sponsor this third leg. Give us a shout. Corey.hog, C-O-R-Y dot H-O-G-U-E at TexasFootball.com. Shoot me an email. Let me know you're interested, and, and we'll definitely get going here. This is, again, episode two, Ben. And you ought to, to anyone who, the people who listened the first time, and to all the people that are already following us on the social media, I got to say thank you. It, it's really something to see how many people love and care about you know, not only Sam Houston, but they want to hear this stuff and they're tuning in. And I, we really appreciate that. It means a lot. Yeah. And I love the interaction side of it too. So, I mean, drop a comment on social media, on YouTube, whatever it might be. The interaction part of it is great. Just have some back and forth and some dialogue <laughs> about these teams. Maybe we'll take some questions from fans at some point, but that's what makes it fun is the interaction. And so, yeah, make sure to listen, comment, subscribe, do all the above. That's for sure. Had a little fun the other day, uh, our yeah. uh, Twitter account did with some New Mexico State. And, and I do, you know what? This is a great time to go off script. 
This uh, this is a great time for me to go off script and just say, I didn't put it out there. I didn't want to embarrass them on the on the social medias, but I'll do it here now. Right? You <laughs> said eight or nine NFL caliber players, and then when I said you're not going to have eight or nine drafted, they said I didn't say that. I said caliber. What the heck is a cal- NFL caliber player if they don't get drafted? Yeah. Even if you're in the, even if you're a CFL or XFL guy, you're still not an NFL guy. I mean, so yeah. Let me tell you something, Ben, as someone who has spent the last couple seasons, getting ready to spend another one watching every Dallas Cowboys home game from up there in the press box. I'm sorry. That must be painful. I'm kidding. We'll move on. (laughs) Dude, Jerry serves great food. He really (laughs) does. The team. The team, maybe not the the stadium. You know what? It's a fun team because you've got some young guys on there like Micah Parsons and stuff. You have some good young players on there that are just, I get it. You're not a fan. I'm not asking you to be a fan. (laughs) And I'm not asking you to read what I write because it's probably not going to be that great. Anyhow, after the games, I'm just saying I see the talent level and it is different. There is a huge, huge leap from XFL. USFL to the NFL. There is there. Luis Perez. Love mm-hmm. the guy. Texas A&M Commerce national champion, 2017 quarterback. He got on with the Rams. He was 13 practice squad. This guy goes to XFL and he leads them to a championship yep. that he couldn't get on the field, touch a backup spot in the NFL. That just tells you that level is just so much higher than yeah, even like PJ Walker, I got to see him play live a couple of times. He was just on a different level at the XFL level. Yeah. And you get to the NFL and average starter, good backup, maybe kind of thing. And so that's it's just a massive gap. That's for so, sure. So New Mexico fans, uh no, man, we're calling you on that. There's no way you've got eight or nine NFL caliber players. If you did, you would be ranked in the top twenty five. I was gonna say there's probably about twenty teams that might have that many. Well, I mean, not even, not, oh gosh, not even that. Maybe. I mean, okay. Alabama, LSU, right. You're going to have yours like that, but man, Texas don't have Texas university of Texas had had eight NFL drafted players or caliber players in the last 10 years combined. Just about it's been really bad there. Are Texas they back? A&M doesn't have that. Do are Texas they back? <laughs> Hey, man, I was at coaching school and, uh, yeah, I don't think they're back. I, 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 I don't know. I, I just, I, I just, I, I'm not, not going to say they're back. Uh, I wish Sarkeesian and the Longhorns luck, but, um, man, that's a hard job. It's a hard place to be anyway. I'm not going to talk about the University of Texas. We're going to go back. We're talking about the real orange here. Exactly. The real (laughs) orange. The reason why we're here. And by the way, New Mexico State fans, you're you don't you learn in basketball. You have an argument with us in basketball. We think you can hang. They didn't beat us. Well, see, that's what them last year. They can hang. But. Man, football, you ain't you've had one year that you've been good. You made a bowl game last year, and all of a sudden you're out here talking smack. Slow it down, New Mexico State. I, I again, Aggie fans, man, they ain't slowing that down. I know those yeah. guys. In a season where I think two of their six wins were against non-FBS or FCS teams, something like that. So I think only four of their six wins were against FBS teams. Couple of years ago, they got blown out at UTEP by Tarleton during the COVID year. So, uh, some of us remember that as well. You know, 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, so Aggie fans <laughs> miss us or come at us. We would love to get back with you on this one as well. We're going to move into the third leg, which is where we talk about our men's basketball coaching news. And before we go into that, I'm going to give a little more coaching school. I did got, I, I got to meet uh, Chris Mudge at coaching school. He gave a uh, presentation. It was a great presentation. He did an outstanding job and, um, and had a chance to, he is a good person. He is a yeah. great guy. I really enjoyed meeting him. He, he, he stayed after he talked to every single coach that wanted to, then he recorded something for dumb old me, you know, and for our podcast here. And, and he listens. I, I mean, he actually listens. So, Hey, coach much. Hi, I'm waving at you. If you're watching on video, if you're not, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm saying, hi, how you doing coach much. It was <laughs> great to meet him. I did not get to meet coach justice as she gave um, uh, one also on us on Monday morning, mm-hmm. but I, I had another commitment with, you know, my real job covering 34 teams. And so I didn't quite make it over there. I wanted to, I didn't quite make it over there in time to meet her. I was just after they had left. So unfortunate on that, but yes, I'm glad to meet coach Mudge. Great person. Really looking forward to what he does in I thought I knew basketball. What listen to him? I don't know nothing about basketball. This guy's got the X's and O's down, and part of that's because of the staff that he has, and, and he finalized that bit. Yeah, absolutely. And Mudge is one of the greatest people you'll meet. I mean, he's been amazing to me every time we have a conversation. Nothing but good things to say about him. Um, but yeah, finalize the staff. Um, and I really like it. So um, obviously, we'll start off with Justin Bailey. Yeah. Um, deciding to keep him on staff. He's been on staff for the past two years and two years that are some of the most successful in Sam Houston uh, program history. And so I think keeping him was a big thing. And also another big reason why I think it's important to keep him is he was the guy that recruited Cam Hoofner to Sam Houston. So Justin Bailey used to be at Pittsburgh State where Cam Hoofner started when Bailey moved over. Hoofner moved with them. And so I think um, keeping Bailey was obviously big because he's extremely talented and good at what he does, but it also was good because I think that might've played a part in keeping Cam Hoofner as well. And so that's where we'll start keeping Justin Bailey. Um, I think the other big, uh, well, there's a couple more big ones, but the next one, Brendan Foley coming over from Buffalo where he served as the recruiting coordinator and assistant coach. And before that was the head coach at, I think I'm saying this right. I know it's in Texas, Chipola junior college. Um, He was the head coach there. They were a top 10 um, JUCO team um, while he was at Chipola. So he's got some head coaching experience. And I think that's something you need on a staff with a first year head coach is head coaching experience. And he's done it at a very high level um, at the JUCO level in Texas. Um, Oh, hey, man, he's got, yes. Keeping Bailey, huge. Adding Mm -hmm. Foley, really good. But man, I am excited about who else he added. And it's a Longview native Jake yeah. White, he brings he he's going to bring some some great things to this staff as well. Yeah, and the the really interesting thing with Jake White is he's he's got a lot of experience in Texas coaching at the collegiate level, but he was most recently at Link Academy. And for those that don't know Link Academy, I believe it's in Branson, Missouri, and they just won the national championship for high school basketball. And so he is extremely well connected in the recruiting spheres um, when it comes to some of the elite talent within the USA. And I think that's going to be a really big asset. Um, we'll see what he can bring as far as the X and X's and O's, but um, as far as recruiting goes, I mean he 
was just the head assistant at the top national or of the national championship winning team in the country. Um, he's well connected in those spheres. And so I think that's a really big addition. And then the last one I'll talk talk about is Anthony Fobb. He was the head coach at Made Creek High School um, most recently. And so I think that's a really good way to stay connected in the Houston area. And so you keep Bailey. Um, so you kind of retain what had been going on. Foley's got head coaching experience, experience at a high level at Buffalo. Um, Jake White got experience all across the country with some of the top talent. And then Anthony Fobb um, connected in the Houston area. So I think he did a really good job of hitting a bunch of different areas with this staff. And I'm excited to see what they can do. Yeah, I am too. I think that they're going to be great. And when you start talking about getting into that basketball world and that stuff, when and the upper echelons, the upper levels and what was going on, um, there are some recent books out, one written by the guy that was on uh, Adidas um, and he went to he went to jail, you know, and so it, it's um I can't remember the name of that book for the life of me right now. I, yeah. <laughs> I read it. I read it back. It was the first book I read. I do a summer reading thing, it, just personal. And I uh, started, I think in May and it was really good, but he, he gave the inside. He was in there with Zion's uh, recruitment and mm-hmm. a lot of interesting things in there. What really goes on inside that, um, in that world of, uh, I of high school basketball, uh, you know, the, the Adidas, the Nike, yep. the YBL peach jam, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. It's all, it all changes. It's so big. And it, it's, it is, uh, something and there's some stories out there. So to have guys connected into some of that is definitely those relationships. Those are huge in getting the, the talent to come to Huntsville. Yeah, absolutely. And um, especially in basketball, a lot of the recruiting that's done is by the assistants. They're the ones that have go they go out and find these guys serve as the primary recruiter. Um, and they're the ones that build the relationships. And so I think he's done a really good job staying connected to Texas, staying connected to elite talent um, all across the U.S. and bringing in some head coaching experience. So and he said that he loves his staff. He's super excited about his staff. And um, and, they're, and and kind of a sidebar, too, is one thing that we saw Hooten and his staff do last year, um, and they made an initiative of this is to really uh, pour into the social media and fan engagement side. Um, They did a really good job of that. And the team is continuing to do that. Um, Kyle McLeroy, new director of basketball operations. He had been at Dallas Baptist a couple of years. Um, I don't know if he's the one running it right now. I know Payne Andrus was the one running it as the former director of operations, but they're just continuing it, putting out videos, good content. And so that's important. I mean, it's something you have to do as a staff. Um, You don't have five guys dedicated to video and content. And so it's something they've continued to do well and i think they will continue to do well they do and you know as as sim houston grows maybe that part will grow too right like i mean you go you look at at the power five schools uh, i don't think the dbo's handling the social media account they usually have a communications person with the team right. that, that handles a lot of that stuff so you know getting up there eventually maybe uh, not anytime soon be, but you know on the path you got to start somewhere Heading into Conference USA is on the path. What roster moves did uh, the men's basketball team make? 
Yeah, absolutely. And I'll start with the most recent one. And this is just a really cool story. And I'm sure you probably got to look at it was the team just signed Bryce Cook and he reported about a week or two ago, yeah. a guy that graduated high school in 2019. But his senior year of high school, he suffered, I believe it was a stroke. Um, and he hasn't played competitive basketball since he was committed to SMU, had a bunch of high major offers um, as a point guard. And so that's just a really cool story, um, kind of a second chance for him. So I'm excited to see what he can do. Um, I think the really big name I have to mention is Devon Barnes coming from Texas Southern. He was their leading scorer on a team that made the NCAA tournament. I believe he put up 22 points at Kansas at Allen Fieldhouse. Um, he scored 25 plus in six or seven games last year. 6'5", kind of guard slash wing. He's going to be really good. I think he could be the leading scorer for this team this year. Um, and then I'll hit Look, on... Take, I'll throw in Texas Southern, man. That That's a basketball school. They do not play an easy non-conference schedule, but no. They're in the NCAA tournament because they're hard to beat. They are. Yep. And he was their leading scorer last year. He averaged 13.5 points per game, four and a half rebounds a game, scored 30 points against Samford um, on the road. So, I mean, he's a guy that can fill it up. I mean, there's no reason why he can't go for 15, 20, 25 a night, and he's proven he can do it. Um, and then the last guy I'll hit on um, – as kind of a real big notable one is uh, Suleiman Dumbia, um, transfer seven foot center from TCU. Um, it came to TCU from Navarro College, where he was projected to possibly be a first round NBA draft pick. Um, things just didn't really pan out at TCU. But as a seven footer, um, he's got elite skills. And I think if he puts it together and gets put in the right position, he's a guy that could be super dangerous for this team. And so great coaching staff. And I think they've brought in some really good pieces. They've brought in some other names like CJ Beaumont, freshman, uh, Marcus Boykin, who averaged 25 a game at the D2 level, Owen McLashen, who shot almost 50% from three at the D2 level. He's a six, seven wing. So um, a lot of really interesting pieces that have been brought in. And obviously we've got a couple months to go, but I like what's been put together and uh, what's coming back as well. Ben, episode two, man, we did it. Listen, yep. Hey, second of many more to come. We've got a lot to go over. That's for sure. Hey, I should say, and I probably should have said this earlier. We will be back next week. We're going to start the, now we start the weekly basis. Um, we're going to try to get a consistent schedule out. I believe we're shooting for recruit recording Tuesday release on Wednesdays. Yeah. I think it's what we're looking at during the season or th moving on. Now we're going to do our best to hold to that. So you guys have that consistency and knowing when we're going to come out, Ben, thank you so much, man. It, it's great as always. Yep. Absolutely. Pleasure's all mine. <laughs> yes, sir. And thank you to you, the listener again, without you, none of this is even possible. Until next time, eat them up, cats.